Android Heroes. Well, all right, people. Welcome back to Cellulite Heroes. I'm Sean Shapiro. And I'm Stephen Fine. We had a, a little bit of a, a hustler's snafu last week. Uh, we lost the episode, unfortunately. Um, so we won't be able to talk about hustlers. I mean, like, you know, it's out there. If you want to hear the reviews, it's out there. You know, it's, it's, it's a movie. But now we're coming back to you with Ad Astra, something we've really been looking forward to for a long time, two years basically now. I mean, James Gray has been talking about this movie for a while now. We've been anticipating this movie for a while now. Brad Pitt producing and starring in this movie as well. Very exciting. James Gray, Brad Pitt, always very exciting. So we're going to talk about Ad Astra on this episode, and we also have and just a special announcement about uh, the podcast and the future and beyond the infinite. So <laughs> we'll talk about that as well right now. What are you thinking about? I do what I do because of my dad. He was a hero. He gave his life for the pursuit of knowledge. Getting that over. It's crazy out there. There's fires everywhere and plane crashes. They're calling it the surge. Major, we have some highly classified information. What can you tell us about the Lima project? Its objective was to search for advanced extraterrestrial life. The ship disappeared approximately 16 years into the mission. And the commander was? He was my father, sir. This might come as quite a shock to you. Your father was experimenting with a highly classified material that could threaten our entire solar system. All life would be destroyed. We're counting on you to find out what's happening out there. Ad Astra to the stars. That's what it means. That's what it means. I mean, it shows you yeah. to the stars and then crossfades with that title coming up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's so funny hearing James Gray say w- what it means. He's so like happy with himself. What does he say? Like, He's, what? Which of course means to the stars. <laughs> <laughs> He's just very proud of what that means. Yeah. Like the translation to yeah. the stars. I mean, it's a, a, an ambitious, you know, proclamation at Astra to the stars. You know, he did also say in 2016 that he wanted to make the most realistic depiction of space travel that's been put to a movie. We'll talk about if he did that. But, I mean, any James Gray film to us is an event. It's a, an anticipatory movie. I mean, like, we love James Gray. If you don't know our admiration of James Gray, go back to our Lost City of Z episode because we talk all about James Gray, his movies, and everything like that. And so listen to that for our love fest of James Gray. But we were very excited for this movie because we were like, I mean, like, what can you do next? And when he announced that he was going to space, we were like... Yeah. Holy shit. We're always excited when uh, one of our favorite directors goes to space. <laughs> yeah. When somebody that hasn't been to space decides to go to space, it's a very exciting thing. Yeah. It's like, what are they going to do with the space genre? I feel like every director wants to go to space. Oh, yeah. And they just have to find their story to go to space. Right. They're always working up to it. <laughs> yeah. Because, I mean, Everybody they're always intimidated by Kubrick, you know, and when Kubrick went to space. Yeah. And I'm not sure there's a movie that has really matched 2001 as the ultimate space movie. 
you know? No. I mean, just think about it. There never will be. Think there about, never I, will be. I know there never will be, but like, you know, Apollo 13 was big. Uh, <laughs> Apollo 13. I mean, like, yeah, that's, but that's like a minor I'm just space thinking about like movie, space even. movies. That goes along with space cowboys. It goes along with space. Well, what about the right stuff? Well, Brad, the right stuff is a very important film for yeah, history. His history, yeah, number one. But also that some great space sequences. Oh, very. But, well, of but showing the birth of our space program, so it's very much in reality. Where two thousand one is science fiction, so we're talking about science fiction space movies. Yeah, I guess right? the right the right stuff isn't science fiction. No, and neither is Apollo thirteen. No. Neither is First Man, so no. none of them count. Yeah, uh, The Martian so it, is just because it's a space movie does not mean it's science fiction. Exactly. Yeah. But so. The Martian is science fiction because it's on Mars, obviously, and we haven't gotten there. So, Well, yeah. And this is also, obviously, science fiction because it's also futuristic, near futuristic, yeah. and it is based on an original material. It takes place in a world where, you know, we already have, like, tourism on the moon. And Trump, I mean, I want to say this, is hilarious that Trump is like, predicted this in a very weird video that he's restarted the space program, and he's going, he wants to put a base on the moon so we can launch people to Mars. And yeah. that's exactly what Ad Astra depicts in a way. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> um, so, you know, the story is Brad Pitt is an astronaut. He's given a mission to potentially find his father, who he thought has been dead for years. Uh, his father went out to the farthest out that any astronaut had ever gone, to Neptune, to basically send signals out and try to make contact with intelligent life outside of our uh, solar system. Yeah, he was part of the Lima project, yeah. which was their search for extraterrestrial life. And Brad Pitt, he's the son of this man who left to go on that mission and left him basically on Earth to fend for himself. It's a very important thing that he left his family. His father, just Tommy Lee Jones, who plays his father, left his family in order to search for this extraterrestrial life. And it's very, that weighs on yeah. And, it, and it kind of reveals itself slowly throughout the movie how much that really affected Brad Pitt. You know, it's like Brad Pitt, when you meet him, he's just a very competent astronaut. Roy McBride. Yeah, Let's Roy McBride. Roy McBride. Okay, by his character name. Roy <laughs> McBride is a very competent astronaut. He survives like a crazy fall from a space station which satellite. The beginning of the movie. It's, yeah. it's like a harrowing beginning of the movie, which is great because Gray does put these exciting moments within a movie that's very meditative at times. Yeah. He knew he wanted to like take the audience on that roller coaster of like kind of thrilling space sequences that feel harsh and dangerous, very much in like gravity sort of way, and then be introspective and meditative like 2001. And uh, some interviewer said to him, it feels like you've taken a mashup of 2001 and Apocalypse Now. And he goes, you know what, I'm going to take that. I'm just going to start agreeing with that and saying that. <laughs> he's, he's, like, he's like, I'm not... We were going for something. We were trying to conjure. He always uses the word conjure, you know. Uh, he's doing witchcraft. Yes. James Gray is. <laughs> he's a witch. Well, he's a wizard. And a witch, he's a wizard yeah. who conjures. But yeah, I mean, in the end, it basically is that kind of descent into the outer reaches of space farther than man has gone before and things get crazier and the character goes crazier. And it's kind of like, you know, him finding Tommy Lee Jones's dad out there is just like Martin Sheen finding uh, Kurtz in the jungle. Right. Right. right? Except and, it's what it is, is really, it's as much of a Roy McBride's journey to the outer reaches of space as, as it is to the inner reaches of his personal trauma. Right. So like, and why you can't form healthy relationships. Oh, yeah. And that's an undertone throughout the movie. It's all played out very simply, which is the complaint that, you know, a lot of our friends who have seen it 
have said, you and know, critics and too. critics that it's all too thin, right? Because it, you see that he has a, a wife that's Liv Tyler, or maybe it's a girlfriend, but you know that he's basically broken up with her to focus on being an astronaut. Can and, we just mention, like, when did you mention Liv Tyler? It's she, she is in the movie, but also, I mean, like, she's one of the people also in, in, a, in a famous space Armageddon, movie, Armageddon. Yeah. and you know Tommy Lee Jones Donald Sutherland and Lauren Dean also in Clint Eastwood's Space Cowboys sorry if there's a dog barking in the background we'll have to deal with that but it's hilarious that these all these actors Liv Tyler Lauren Dean James I'm not I'm just about to say James Garter um, <laughs> Donald <laughs> Sutherland Tommy Lee Jones all in other space movies three of them in Space Cowboys I mean like does he love Space Cowboys James so much? James Gray, yeah, might love Space like, Cowboys. Does he or, or love he, Space he Cowboys? Or was like, he was very excited about what was going on with it, and it just it didn't live up to what he wanted it to be. What so could now, he have wanted it to be? <laughs> I remember seeing that movie in theaters. Oh, I saw and it all I remember too. is that uh, Tommy Lee Jones got left on the moon because <laughs> yeah. he, he was dying from cancer. Yeah, and he said... To it was, set off that, a nuke or something? Because they had to like... It's yeah, something about yeah. stopping a satellite that was going to destroy the Earth. With the Russians, too. It was something yeah. to do with the Russians. It was like still in the Cold War shit. And it was like old people going to the moon and Clint Eastwood directed it. And it's like a space movie that Clint Eastwood wanted to make. That's like, it's hilarious that Clint Eastwood made his space movie. Like every director wants to make his space movie. Clint Eastwood made his space movie. It was about old people going to the moon. Yeah. Or old people going to space. And, and like, Don Sutherland's an old person going to the moon, you know, easy traveling at this point. Yeah. And it's Virgin Atlantic, or was it Virgin Galactic probably? Yeah. Is flying them to the moon. Virgin something. But it's just so funny that all these people, Liv Tyler, all these other space cowboys yeah. people were in this movie. James Gray put them in there to, I mean, I mean, if you are a film lover, you're going to notice this and you're going to like say, what is he doing here? It's obvious. It's, you know, pointed. He's picking people out of space <laughs> yeah. movies from the nineties, basically, and popping them in. Yeah, it was just really funny. But yeah, go Liv Tyler. She's she's you know. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't interest. think you ever hear them speak throughout the entire movie. No, no. Um, I think there was a piece in the trailer where she's talking to him while he's in the hospital bed about the surge that's been happening, or maybe it's just the way the trailer was cut and it was someone else's voice talking. On the phone, to though, they, did they not talk on the phone? She leaves voicemails. They leave messages for each other. Yeah, maybe they're never like directly talking. No, no. You know, it, it's at the beginning, it's a shot of her walking out of their house and him not looking at her. And then the end, it's a shot of him waiting in the coffee shop when she arrives. Right. Yeah. Right. And that's the completion of that storyline. It's deliberate. It's, liter- yeah. it's literally so thin. I mean, and I, and to me, everyone's like, there's not enough of knowing about the relationship with the father and Roy. There's not enough about the relationship with Liv Tyler. But I think Brad Pitt's performance carries all the emotion you should need to understand the effects of these relationships on this character. That's a genius actor. That's an actor who can carry an entire movie by himself, go through the action. He's Major Tom. He's a lone space warrior dealing with his past. And I think, to me, the impressionistic thinness of those storylines and then to finally get the gut punch of the way his father actually is at the end and what he says to him is emotionally affecting it it did work on me even though the movie wasn't what i was expect expecting and i don't think it went as far as i maybe wanted it to go but the more i thought about it the more it really fulfilled a lot of things it's just kind of classically done the only thing that took me out and i'm sure i will learn to love it was the use of the voiceover i thought the entire movie could have worked and would have made sense without the voiceover because they had a technique which was working really well of him doing the psych evaluations and i thought the psych evaluation scenes were way more interesting than the voiceovers 
But like I said, I'm open to the idea that those voiceovers were Grammy. It was just very obvious he was doing Martin Sheen in Apocalypse Now voiceover. And, and I, I am very curious to know, was that voiceover written in the script or was it added after? I feel like it goes along with the inner journey. You know, it's like it's as much about what's going on outside of Roy McBride as it is going on inside yeah. him. And so like you're with him inside his emotions, his feelings, you know, his thoughts. And as much as he looks like outside, he's this stoic, you know, Neil fucking Armstrong type of dude, even further to that extent, he can keep his heart rate at a fucking you know low pace. That's what he's known for, basically. I liked that we were inside of his head the whole time. Yeah. I liked that that was like, we've never really been that much inside an astronaut's head. With voiceover, like. you mean? Yeah. I, I, and and that was interesting to me. I liked I, I liked that choice, especially with you know all the apocalypse now stuff. And that I liked you know even you liked if that he was going for that. Yeah, even of course I like when directors you know try to go for that, especially when it's completely outside the realm of that other film where it's like this is a space journey you yeah. know about a father and a son, not like anything having having to do with apocalypse now, but it still reminded you of that. So I mean, you said you could understand why you think people would have issues with this movie. What yeah. what do you think that is? Like, no, I why, get why people would would like, say that the simplicity annoys them, or the simplicity yeah, is it's too, not enough. Yeah, and and when you say that, it's like how much do you want to include in a space adventure? It's like you can't have it all. I love the fact that he was going for a personal journey within a huge space adventure, and that is unique. That doesn't happen within huge space movies ever. You know, you're not within one character the whole time. You're usually within a bunch of characters. It's a, like an ensemble of people that you're following and it's on a journey to do something you know great for humanity but this is a very personal thing and and it's also a world world consequential thing where like he is also going to save humanity but he's yeah. also going well, just to, like matthew mcconaughey is in interstellar to they're, save himself they're both going but, to save humanity but there's also anne hathaway there's also the other people these other people you're following and not yeah. and, and they're well, as important as matthew mcconaughey do you ever cut away from movie. brad pitt and ad astra or is it always with him besides no, like the flashbacks i don't remember it I don't. I think it's with him the entire time. Where yeah. I think with McConaughey, it cuts back to Earth. Oh yeah, with Jessica Chastain, it cuts all over the place. It's, it's more of an epic, and this is definitely more of a personal story told in space. It's a character study. Yeah, but then you also have fucking you know space pirates. You also have oh, yeah. fucking you know. I mean, uh, we gotta talk about the ape, 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 ape attacks, ape space attack. monkey attacks. <laughs> yeah. So like you have that excitement. You have those you know moments well, of just, adrenaline rushes. You heard what he said. You know when people were like, you know, we worried that people weren't going to react <laughs> right. to like an introspective space film. He's like, well, I I mean, it is an introspective space film, but I did put some red meat on the bone. Yeah. There's there, dripping blood. There's a moon. <laughs> there's a moon car chase. A moon rover chase. You know, when pirates are attacking them as they're trying to get to a rocket to go to Mars. Right. It's an interesting world that he puts you in within this space story. It's a near future. It's where we are on the moon. The world is colonizing the moon and people are, you know, taking it into their own hands. And so it's an interesting world that we haven't really seen before. And I really enjoyed watching that. I enjoyed being thrown into James Gray's space world. Yeah. I definitely, the, like I said, the more and more I thought about it, the more and more I liked it. And I just appreciated that he did his space movie. And that's what came out of it. I, you know, the, uh, but even in the theater, I was like, my mouth was a gape. I was like, there were sequences where I was, where I was shit. very excited. Like what? When oh I walked God. out of there, I knew there were sequences I liked, but I didn't know if I liked it as a movie as a whole. The more I thought about it, the more the emotional character arc of the story and just the world building with Mars, the way Mars looked, you know, sending out the signal in that room, all the kind of 
vintage. It like had a vintage space feel, right? It was like there were a lot of straight lines there. Yeah, what's it called? Know. Brutal architecture. It was, uh, it was like a throwback to like seventies modern architecture. Yeah, that was infused into this futuristic space world. So I, I, I just really liked the aesthetic he built. Very deliberate retro production design. Retro. I mean, that's really what uh, the word I'm looking yeah. for. It's a retro uh, look to the whole movie, even though it's taking place in the future. and The near future. The, the near future. <laughs> and yeah, I love the idea of getting to leave Earth to go to the moon, which and then he has to go to Mars. And then from Mars, he has to jump on the ship to then go crazy to get to Neptune. It's, and and it, in like Apocalypse Now, it's like... It's all ticking clock, get, too. Yeah. Where it's like, he, you know he has to get somewhere. Because it, it, eventually time. the Earth is going to... There are going to be so many deaths from this surge that's coming from Neptune. And basically it's this machine that has been turned on and the father can't figure out how to turn it off or they think the father's causing it. So the, the point of the mission is to go out, see if his father's still alive, see if he can stop him from sending these surges back to Earth because that's where they tracked the signal of these things from. It's killing people and causing natural disasters. Can you cause natural disasters? Or it's ca- causing power at it. You can cause, I guess. You can, you can cause natural disasters because you can cause, you know, rain. There are things now yeah. that you can like make artificial rain and shit. So yeah. it's like you can create wind, you know, stuff Truman like that. Show. Yeah, <laughs> cue the wind. Um, no, but it's funny though because it's eighty three percent fresh, certified fresh by critics. Critics forty two audience score right yeah. now. Pretty interesting. I think maybe people are. I don't know what the audience is expecting necessarily but it's it's ultimately about a son wanting to not become his father yeah and people don't see that as like a space adventure movie like that's not a space adventure movie to people i guess but that's really to the core what the movie is and if you're not ready and if you don't want that like maybe that's not gonna affect you think about the biggest hit that's been a space movie recently besides the martian which was like just a populist like fun rescue movie but gravity it's just the experiential roller coaster of it it doesn't really go into the emotions besides you know some daughter yeah character going yeah i mean she's going she's like realizing that she wants to make it back to earth which is basically the same arc of brad uh, roy mcbride's character is he goes all the way out there to realize that he doesn't want to become his father and he doesn't want to keep searching for life that's not out there he wants to go home to earth and enjoy it and like going back to earth i think it was the biggest heroic thing that that character did. Yeah, well, yeah, that's the thing. It's it's so specific with that story where it's like, it could also be like, you know, Roy McBride talking to a therapist about his father. And like, you know, that's, uh, it's. It, I feel like James Gray did something so different with the space movie that you have to respect the ambition and respect the craft and everything and not be disappointed about it being a metaphorical story because that's really what it is. It's not all space adventure. It's not all, but it, it is mostly that. And that's what you're seeing, which is funny because like, you know, you are seeing space adventure. You're seeing Brad Pitt being in space, but it's also so much about the inner journey. Yeah. That it might be hard for people to reconcile that. I think it's a special movie that's going to grow on people. I think there's something special to it. I think... It didn't feel like the powerhouse reaction that I got from Interstellar, which still, like, I go back to, I'm just like, holy shit, how did he just, like, it, with Christopher Nolan, I was just like, how did he just fucking nail it? He's a blockbuster filmmaker. I know, and he made a blockbuster. That's he what made he a does. Splay spot. 
blockbuster. That's what he does. And, and this was supposed to feel like more like a <laughs> a 70s type space movie with Ad Astra, I think. And the biggest movie James Gray has made before it was Lost City of Z, like right. that's his biggest in scope and sort of, I guess, in uh, setting and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, he doesn't have so much experience with, with blockbuster huge movies no i know um it was just interesting to see what each of them wanted to do with the space genre oh yeah it always is and they're very different i think they're a lot different than i was expecting them to be when's wes anderson going to space yeah when's paul thomas anderson going to space when are the andersons going to space wait is tarantino gonna go to space with star trek we will, don't know <laughs> will scorsese go to space at some point we don't know you never know these are the questions that you ask but, but james gray did and yeah. this is the movie he made and it's to be admired, I think. Yeah, I think it's. I think it is special. I'm excited to see how it grows and matures. I, I, you know, when I walked out of that theater and not still not knowing how I really felt about the movie as a whole, walking out of that theater, I still knew I wanted to see it again on the big screen. Oh yeah, it that's got to say something. It deserves that. Yeah. yeah, at least. So, and I mean, Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt is yeah. his second great performance of the year. Of the year, second great performance. It's hard for him you know, to get that kind of acclaim these days and to see Brad Pitt carry this kind of movie is special because he's saying he's also not going to be acting as much anymore. He's going to choose his project, even projects even more. Hopefully one or two a year, you maybe. Know, sort of judiciously, even less, I think. He's probably going to do like less. Like once every like, couple like, of years couple or years, three yeah. years. Uh, he might not even act that much more yeah. in general. He's definitely producing. The movies that he, he is producing usually turn out to be pretty amazing. Yeah, that's true. That is true. Plan I mean, produce Tree of Life is good. They do some good shit. Well, he's also in it, so yeah. that helps. Well, yeah, I mean, he's producing movies that he can star in, but now he's probably going to focus more on producing movies like Lost City of Z, which he produced. Yeah, he's going to support filmmakers he loves. Yeah, and that's that's great. Yeah. And James Gray should always be supported because he's one of the great American filmmakers, and you should just see everything that he makes. So there's that. But yeah, there's Ad Astra. We definitely recommend it to go see it in theaters because that that's the only way to see a space movie is in a theater. In IMAX, if you have the opportunity. But yes, let's move on to our uh, second part of the episode where we tell you our announcement. Yeah, so we've given about three years of, of film reviews every week, and uh, that's a pretty substantial task. Uh, it's hard to do that every week. We try to make time to see movies and pair them with other movies to recommend, and uh, that's what we've been doing, and um, we've had a good time doing it. But right now, we're very focused on trying to make our next movie, and that requires a lot more time, a lot more focus and dedication on writing and doing other things, and not as much time watching and seeing as many movies as we can. So we are going to put the celluloid heroes in a little bit of a hiatus not sure exactly when we're going to come back and do steady movie reviews but i personally sean shapiro want to put out a podcast and i really enjoy the medium of podcasting and so i want to figure out a way to put out new stuff and try to promote our material and what we're doing at long way down productions and so you know i'll try to put something out to continue my brand of, of movie shit but uh as we continue on our movie journey, Stephen. Uh, yeah, uh, we'll be focusing on adapting the book that we optioned. We just recently optioned a book called Tommy Gun Winter, uh, based on a true story about uh, two Jewish brothers in 1930s Boston who start robbing movie theaters and banks and kind of are doing this at the same time as Dillinger and Bonnie and Clyde. And no one ever knew about these two guys, this older brother, Mert Millen, who married the preacher's daughter in town and 
their buddy Abe, Abe Faber, who was an MIT grad who also joined the gang. So it's just a unique group of characters who got involved in a very kind of dark and twisted uh, criminal underworld. We are going to tell that story and bring it to life. We're going to adapt it and get it produced and hopefully be working with a, a filmmaker that we look up to. And so that is, yeah, that is what we will be focusing on uh, for the next couple of years. And then, yeah, I mean, we're going to continue to watch movies more than most people do. We're going to continue to go see movies more than most people do. It's just we won't be able to review them every week. But Sean will obviously keep you up to date on the news of the movie world. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, if we ever come together in time, we'll, you know, to, to review a movie, we'll tell you we'll announce it and hopefully you guys keep uh, abreast of our goings on we're also on instagram you know check us out we'll, we'll keep our um, people updated we're gonna probably create an instagram for the production company and keep everything updated at that point for long way down productions but um sean chap zero if you don't know and i'm at steven i fine and uh yeah keep watching movies people and keep paying attention to what we're doing because we're trying to make great movies. We're trying to make great content about movies and trying to be a part of the conversation at all times. And so that's it. Very excited for the future of movies and very confident that the film world is still very much alive. And we will make our own dent in the film world as the years come. Look out, people. We're coming. Cellular Heroes. Out.